You are listening to the Life Community Church Sermon Podcast. Life Community is a church for the city, making much about the name of Christ. This podcast is available through all major platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. If you enjoy and are challenged by our teaching, we invite you to subscribe to the channel on whatever platform you choose as we seek to anchor ourselves to the unchanging truth of God's Word together. Thanks for listening. Good morning, everybody. Welcome welcome to Life Community Church, whether you're online or in another room or in this room. We're glad that you're here today. If, if you're here and you didn't get and you want to be partake in the Lord's Supper, just know we have communion cups out there in the hallway that, or outside the doors. You can go ahead and grab those if you want to. Well, welcome to Life Community Church. We say this every week. We are a church for the city, making much about the name of Christ. And maybe I should stop saying every week that we say this every week. Maybe that's getting a little redundant for you. Uh, But we strive to live out that mission by these values, to practice love with everyone always, to give more than makes sense, to chase after the likeness of Christ in every corner of our lives, and to anchor ourselves to the unchanging truth of God's word. That's who we are. That's who we want to be. Got a lot of things that I want to bring to your attention today, which is a good thing, which means that we're kind of getting back into the swing of things. So five things I want to bring to your attention today. The first is that we got a work day coming up this Saturday. We are going to paint a little bit, change some ceiling tiles, do some other little works, and also clean and work through our children's ministry rooms so we can get those up and going, which leads me into this. Like on March 21st, we're going to re-enter into our children's ministry, and so we'll be offering that for you again. Uh, Your kids are welcome to stay in here. If you have grown in that rhythm and you enjoy doing that, I'm still going to do five words. I'm still, we're still going to have kids' activity books, so you're welcome to do that. But just know that our children's ministry is going to be on the 21st. If you are interested in helping with that, uh, just know that there's a sign-up sheet in at the information desk, and you can sign up there. And I also forgot to tell you, if you want to be a part of our workday, can you text WORK to our 824-2252 so we know that you're coming? Third... Uh, There are several of you in this room that have interest in being baptized, and so we are planning a baptism class here on the 21st of March, and that will just take us through what it means to be baptized, why we get baptized, uh, all the information there. So I'd love for you, if you want, you can sign up again at the information desk for that. And then fourth, fourth for you guys, and I'm forgetting off, yep, there we go. The health department reached out to us and said, hey, we're having trouble getting people registered for the vaccine. We're getting overwhelmed. So if you're, look, if you're interested at all in getting the vaccine, we can help. You can just sign up and give your information to us and we'll send it to the health department and they'll call you. So you don't even have to do anything. So if that's interested to you, if you're a certain age, I don't think if you're 15 in here, they're gonna help you. Uh, And then lastly, at the end of this service, uh, we have... uh, a mission team that's leaving next Sunday to go to Atlanta to the Dream Center to help aid and rescue human trafficking victims in that area. And so we're going to pray over them before they leave. And so just know at the end of the service, you're not, we're not going to come up here and gather around them, but just stay in your seats. We'll pray over them and then we'll dismiss. All right. I, I am uh, just the announcement guy today. Uh, coming up here is Kelly Householder. He's one of our elders here. He's also the executive director of community care of Wells County, and he's going to bring us a good word and talk to us a little bit more about his ministry and their mission. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you, Thank you Steve. <laughs> Thank you. Good morning, everybody. We often think of missions field as being something halfway around the world, 
but it could be Atlanta, Georgia, as you're going to see later on today, or it could be, as I share with you, just down the street from where we are here. I'm the executive director of Community Care Wells County, and I want to update you on how we partner together and we serve this community, and I want to thank you for allowing me to speak today about two things that I'm passionate about, and that's Jesus Christ and community care. I'm curious, how many of you know something about Community Care of Wells County? A show of hands. Okay. How about the Connecting Center? See a few more hands. Man Up Transitional Housing? Change Up Thrift Store? Okay. And Grace and Mercy Transitional Housing? All right. Well, thank you again, Community Life Community Church, for your support, because with your support, we're reflecting and bringing Christ into our community here. And you've given more than just funds to help people that are downtrodden, less fortunate, or having a rough time in life. You're giving your heart. And we so appreciate that, and I want to thank you. You are making a positive impact in Wells County and beyond. I want to share a couple familiar but very important scriptures this morning. And the first one's out of Matthew. The Pharisee asked Jesus, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like that. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the laws and the prophets hang on these two commandments. God built us for relationships. We all want to be loved. We all want to love. And I often tell couples I'm working with that love's a verb. It's an action on our part towards other people. God's word tells us what love really looks like and what it is when you look at 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. So we now understand from Christ summing up the greatest and second greatest commandment that we're supposed to love the Lord our God, we're supposed to love others. Corinthians tells us that love is an action and what that looks like and what it's supposed to be. Now the question is, how do I apply that? What's it look like to you? What's it look like to me? The expert of the law wanted justification. He asked, well, who's my neighbor? And Jesus provided the Good Samaritan story to show him and us that our neighbor and our fellow human being is made in the likeness of God. Can you look past a person's present situation and see their potential? Can you see God's child? Another way to say it's found in Matthew 25, 40. And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did this to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. So we can sum up from these verses and see them represented in what we call the one another scriptures. In the New Testament, the one another scriptures show up 59 times, and I want to give you a few examples. Be devoted to one another. 
honor one another. Live at peace with one another. Don't provoke one another. Be compassionate to one another. Forgive one another. Encourage one another. Don't grumble against one another. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another and finally love one another. I don't know about you, but when you go down that list, there's times where I find myself definitely lacking. The clients that we work with and deal with at Community Care of Wells County are often what people would typically call the quote-unquote least of these. We often encounter people that have come fresh out of jail or Department of Corrections. They came out of addiction rehab facilities. Some are escaping abusive situations or domestic violence situations. And sometimes it's just somebody wanting a fresh start in life and trying to turn their life around, needing help over a speed bump in life that they've had. Many of the times we find the least of these have fallen through cracks of other programs and other supports, and we might be their last resort. I'd like you to turn your attention to the screen and hear Mike's story as he shares with us. I'm Michael White, and um, I had a regular life like most people have, uh, getting up and going to work at the local hospital. And um, I did well on my job. I achieved the highest accolades that the company had to offer. Things were going well, things were going my way. Well, I came home from work one day, and then um, my Karen, We'd been together for 30 years, suffered a sudden medical emergency, and it was a quick trip to Fort Wayne to the Lutheran Hospital. And um, after a few hours, the surgeon comes out and says, I'm sorry, I'm afraid I got bad news. So the whole world that I had known up to that point came crumbling down, and it really knocked me off my feet, so I started self-medicating and uh, fell headlong into alcoholism, and it got pretty bad for me. Um, and that's when I made a phone call and became acquainted with uh, the community care um, organization, the Connecting Center, through Pastor Neil Ainsley. And they came alongside me, and after I got out of rehab and helped me stay the course of sobriety um, by going to Reformers Unanimous, um, by being a mentor, um, just calling up to see how I was doing, if I was eating right, if I had enough to eat, and um, helped me stay the course. Well, I um, work with the Connecting Center, and as they grow and expand, I continue to hope to be a part of that as they grow and um, to help other people that have been in a situation that I have that when it looks totally bleak and dark that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and if you just reach out to the Connecting Center Community Cares these people care without judgment. Uh, they lend you a helping hand through Christ. It's a Christ-centered organization. 
and they can show you that you're not alone. They're there to help. Yeah, through Pastor Neil and uh, the Connection Center that partners with Reformers Unanimous has a music team that I'm uh, proud to be a part of. Um, music communicates on a level that everybody can understand and um, it helps me, gives me a purpose, um, a reason to want to stay sober and to stay clean and to, through the message the, that are in these songs um, about salvation and coming to Christ that maybe if one person does then the, 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 the music team is a success. Mike is just one example of many that we interact with at, at the Connecting Center and through community care. Here's some numbers on what we did at the Connecting Center I want to share with you. The Connecting Center is our benevolence arm. That's our benevolence ministry, how we serve this community. And uh, it was started with the Church Ministerial Association coming together, and people were going to one church, to the next church, to the next church, looking for a handout. And it was like, how do we handle that? And that's what brought community care and the connecting center into being, was trying to alleviate some of that. We take the burden off the churches trying to decide who to help benevolence-wise if they aren't part of their family and congregation. We take care of that for them. And we weed out system abusers. We help the legitimate ones. And we try to do that as best we can. We had over $87,000 in requests for help last year, even with the COVID out there. We gave out over $16,000 to help somebody keep their lights on, their heat running, their car going, rent paid. Uh, we served 428 people during that time. And then we referred out to other helping agencies 248 times. Other helping agencies like a pregnant lady or a new mom to helping hands, to family-centered services, to the trustee's office, to faith fund, Salvation Army, United Way. And uh, 248 times we referred out to others. 11 times where he gave somebody a voucher and referred them to the thrift store where they could go over there and get items for free, whether it was an appliance, whether it was a bed, a couch, or just clothing. We had over 1,700 volunteer hours at the Connecting Center last year. And we're in the process of giving a hand up, not a hand out. I'm going to share one time when I was sitting in on the interviews when I first started there, and an older gentleman came in, he was in his 70s, proud man, worked hard all of his life, never asked for help before. And he sat down, he had this utility bill he didn't know what to do with. And as we talked, we found out his wife had passed away six months earlier. As we continued to talk, his wife did the finances. So here he was, he was grieving the loss of his wife, he was grieving the loss of finances. They went from two Social Security checks down to one, and he was in trouble. We prayed with him. We walked with him through the grief. We got a, one of our financial people involved with him to teach him financial skills. And then we also helped cover the utility bill. And that's just one example of what's going on there at the Connecting Center. John Rowe manages our Connecting Center, and I got a quick video from him. I'd like to, for you to listen to and see what he has to share. Hello, my name is John Rowe. I'm the pastor at the Bluffton Church of God. I've been in the community for five years. I've been involved with Community Care Wells County for four years. Uh, I'm now the Connecting Center Manager, and I've been uh, put into this position to help make sure that everything is taken care of at Connecting Center. What Connecting Center is, is it's a help station. We get to help plug people into the right place and, and get them the helps that they need. 
as they come in, they get to sit down at a table and we get to interview each and every one of them. And we get to know them a little bit better each and every time that they come in. We can talk to them about their personal life and we get to share Jesus through all things that, uh, that, uh, that are done. Everyone that comes in gets, gets to get invited to church, whether they go, they go to a church or whether they don't have a home church. We invite them to come back to their home church or we ask them to, to find a single church. So we do share the love of Jesus through all this thing. And it is, it is through uh, 23 different churches that we have the ability uh, to help the ones in need that, that need help with rent or lights or gas or whatever it would happen to be. It reminds me of a scripture that I want to read right now, and it's Matthew 25, verses 35 and 36. It says, For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me, and I was in prison, and you visited me. The thing about it is, is we've all find, we, we all, every once in a while, find ourselves in a pickle. And so through, through Community Care of Wells County, they've developed a connecting center where we can actually help with some of those. And, and, and if we can't help, we try to plug them into the right places that they need to go. So as we do that, it takes about 200 volunteer hours to get all this accomplished through in a month. And so we are always looking for volunteers to help us get things taken care of. We're always looking for donations to make sure that we can meet the needs of the ones that, are, that come in. So we just want to invite you to come in and be part of Community Care of Wells County, be part of Connecting Center, and helping keep people get their lives straightened out and get on the right track. Thank you so much, and God bless. So the Connecting Center was kind of the first ministry that we had. And then as we've expanded and grown, the second ministry is Change Up Thrift Store. And over there, what the purpose was, was when residents come into us, we found people that are coming straight out of Department of Corrections or jail, they don't have the stamina to go work in a factory eight hours a day. So we get them in the thrift store. We do teach them some skills while we're there. They get their stamina back. We restore some dignity and self-confidence and then get them out into the population working again. We had over 5,300 transactions and 550 volunteer hours at the thrift store this past year. And all the profits that comes in from there goes back into our four ministries in the community ultimately. And uh, come check out the thrift store come sometime and see Kimberly. I want to shift gears to the Man Up transitional housing. Man Up's above the connecting center. We've got apartments. When I came on as executive director, I did a tour of the apartments, and there was bulbs, bare bulbs hanging down from the ceiling. The carpets were pretty disgusting. The walls were bad. And it was like we felt like slumlords in my mind. So worked and got some grants, and we put in all new laminate flooring everywhere. We repainted everything. We put all new light fixtures up. We replaced the stair treads, painted the stairwell and the hallways, and made the place look a whole lot nicer. The guys can feel proud of it and take pride in what they're doing and the lives that they're changing as they're moving and transforming. Then we also built a day room, because one thing we found in their apartments, they're isolated. And if somebody's coming out of addiction rehab, the last thing they need is isolation. So we put a day room together so they can come together, they can play PlayStations there, they can watch movies there, they do Bible studies in there every Friday, and it's a great place for them to get some socialization and get out of that isolation. We currently have four men on our program, and lives are being transformed there, and it's neat to see. And... Uh, I want to shift gears to our newest ministry, Grace and Mercy Transitional Housing. 
This was formerly a friend's house property, and we've had it almost four years now, and we've had it operational with ladies and children living there for 27 months. And I want to kind of give you a tour of the building and let you see what's going on. When we first got it, they said, you're going to need a roof soon and $50,000. We found out soon was immediate and 50000 was a five-year-old estimate. So the first thing we did was start putting a roof on the building. And uh, we ended up buying 83-foot trusses, putting those up there, putting a metal roof on it, and making it protected the assets so that now we can do ministry with inside of it. We got a living room where the ladies get together. Can we shift gears here? This, this is where they can hang out. This is where they can do videos, they can watch movies. This is where Bible studies, prayer time goes on, and visitation, because there's a certain area where visitors can come in and be a part of. Then we also have the dining room where they uh, come together and eat a meal together in the evening. They take turns cooking meals and serving the others. The uh, Purdue Extension Office comes in and does cooking classes with them, plus some of the other ladies that come in and do cooking classes with them and help teach them that. When we got to building, seven rooms were ready for people to move into and live in. And uh, the first, when we first got, it had an institutional feel to it. The uh, rooms all looked identical and sterile environment. So we had the rooms adopted out. Different churches and organizations came in and adopted them. They did makeovers on them. And I'd like to show you what, we went from that sterile environment to this kind of room now. Joke a bed. The neat thing on the one wall is a picture of a bird nest. It says, what if I fall? But oh my darling, what if you fly? And that's what we want our residents to do, is we want them to fly. We want them to soar, set them up for success, to make it in this world. And we come alongside them with help because of folks like you that makes that happen. The other rooms, Naomi and uh, Mary Bethany, and one more I believe we got a picture of. And these rooms, you'll see the names of women from the Bible. That's how we protect our ladies' identity, is by using those room names. Here's one set up for the kids and Esther. But so when there's pages made on the intercom system or whatever, the room names are used so that the ladies are identified and it helps protect them as, as that's one of our concerns, safety, health, and well-being of our ladies that are in there. So then we also build a resident manager apartment and uh, a third of the building was unfinished when we got it. And so part of that turned into a two-bedroom apartment for our resident manager that lives there seven days a week, 24 hours a day. And then we bring in weekend staff to give her time off. Uh, we also then had, we're dealing with Wells County ladies most of the time, which means the abusive partner, the family issues, et cetera, are still right here in the community with them. So we could send them down to Roush Park to play with their child, but then what stops the guy with the restraining order in the trailer park doing whatever? So we put up an eight-foot privacy fence, we built a playground for the ladies, for the kids to play on. Then we put up a gazebo for the women to hang out in and watch their kids playing. They get to burn off energy, and they get to have a good time out there in fresh air, and they don't have to be looking over their shoulder wondering who might be after me at this point in time. And there's security cameras all around everywhere also. So you've had a, we also got in the unfinished area I was talking about, we've got two more resident rooms that are about ready to open. One's totally done. The other one's in paint mode right now and in flooring and decorating. It'll be ready. We're building a daycare kids room so that they can have a place to be and then an arts and crafts room. And those are getting close. Uh, 
by May, I would think, they're all going to be open and running, which is kind of neat. So you've kind of had a tour of the building. Let's look at the exciting things going on inside the building. The residents have given us permission to share their pictures and videos and other things as we go along. And I'd like you to see a quick video for Grace and Mercy. sitting in here with us today too, which is kind of neat. But also I want to show you a graduation slide and Life Church's own Susan Mossberg's our bookkeeper and she's heavily involved in the lives of our ladies over there on the left or on well when the slide gets up there you on your left. In the middle is Chris Walker. She's our operations manager that runs Grace and Mercy and oversees what's going on there. And then one of our graduates. Uh, baptisms we've had uh, seven, six women have given their lives to Christ and had baptisms. Here's one of them. And the smile on her face when she came out of the water. This was Sam. She came to us from Department of Corrections with an ankle bracelet on and pregnant. And she lived in our facility for quite a while, gave birth to a little one that you saw. And uh, she's now graduated and is out making her life go better. And she's been a year clean and it's been amazing to see the transformation that God's working in her as she's gone along through this process. <laughs> I'd like to share one more video with you. This is another baptism video with one of our residents that was recently baptized. Hi, my name is Cassandra Horton and I wanna share my story with you today. I grew up going to church uh, by myself. My mom arranged for me to be picked up by a bus. Um, and so from the age of like four, I started going. I was very into it, but obviously when you're that young, you don't really grasp everything. Um, it was just kind of a safety thing for me. I really liked to go to get away from what was going on at home. Um, and I went for, until I was about 12. And then we had moved, and I kind of fell off and really lost any kind of connection with God until I was about 16. I uh, met a good friend, and uh, she was very involved in the church. She was very devout. She uh, just she really took care of me. She was older. She worked, so she would help, you know, provide shampoo and things like that for me. She uh, brought me into her church. And I ended up living right down the road from it. So I would just walk myself down to the church every, every Sunday, Wednesday, Saturdays, whenever that they were having it. Um, God really helped me 
deal with some of the things that I, uh, I went through as a kid. And um, as an adult, I kind of lost touch with that. After about 18, I didn't go to church anymore. I uh, didn't see my friend anymore. She moved. Uh, I kind of lost all touch with God. Um, I then I had two kids, and I went through a lot of stuff the last few years, and I found myself reaching out to God again, and the relationship that I've built with Him, um, it's just different this time, and I trust Him, and I feel like I have this whole new life to experience, and that's kind of really why I wanted to get baptized. When I first arrived at Grace and Mercy, um, which is about a month ago, I struggled with depression, and I was really hitting a wall where I felt like I just wanted to give up. I didn't want to be here anymore. And God was like, nope. <laughs> um, I then met the Dawn, and I met Candy and Kathy, and just... Um, Grace and Mercy has all these people that come in and they do Bible studies and share their testimonies. And it was like all of a sudden I had this group of support, like this network that I'd never experienced before. And it was so uplifting and encouraging. And it just kind of, I had a conversation with God like, okay, I see you. I see you working. I'm not giving up, and I, I'm, I'm going to keep going, and I'm going to follow this path. And as Pastor Gary and I were uh, discussing baptism, it was kind of an immediate thing where once you rededicated your, or dedicated yourself to Christ, you know, don't wait. You get baptized. You, you symbolize that new, that new life and putting away, you know, the old you. And I, as much as I've done that conversation myself with God, I would really like to do it and show the world that this is, you know, this is me now. Hi, my name is Cassandra Horton, and I want to... I got ahead of myself. Cassandra's still living with us and making a lot of great progress. And uh, I got ahead of myself. We've had 38 women that have been touched by God by coming into our facility during the time we've been open in one way or another. 69% of them have come from homeless conditions, 54% had a family of history of drug or alcohol abuse. 36% were abused. We've had seven graduations. Like I said, six lives given to Christ. And there's been 36 kids that have been in our facility at one time or another. Some of them are full-time, some of them are part-time, which means they only come in on weekends and visitations. As the ladies grow in Christ and become stronger and healthier, then the kids sometimes can come back and be with them full-time also. So ways that you can get involved. I've given you a little idea of what's going on at Grace and Mercy. And here are different ways you can get involved in any of our four ministries. And prayers and financial donations are welcome and definitely needed. Uh, September 30th, 2019, I was up at 3 a.m. I was struggling because we were three to $4,000 away from making our payroll that was due in just a few days. And I'm wrestling with God and wondering what's going to happen. How are we going to do this? That very day, a gentleman, businessman walks in, says our fiscal year ended today, September 30th, and he hands us a $3,000 check. And we made payroll. And here we are about 18 months later, same kind of thing is going on over and over again. The amount of 
God stories we could tell you on how he's working, the things that he's doing. We could be here until late afternoon. But uh, we thank you for all that you're doing. We do need volunteers. Uh, donations at the thrift store to help over there. Just no TVs, please. Uh, recreational opportunities to get the residents out of the house and get them some recreational time or transportation needs. And, and finally, an easy way to help out is Kroger shopping. You go into Kroger and you get that welcome valued shopper. Well, you can go out and sign up and a percentage of what you buy comes back to us then. Amazon Smile is the same thing. A percentage of what you buy comes back to us and it's simple to do that. If you go out to our website, we got a sheet that walks you through step-by-step step everything you need to do to sign up for either Kroger or Amazon. And uh, community care is making a difference in Wells County. And uh, we're making a difference in people's lives, but it's not possible without community support from everybody like you to reach out to the least of these. It currently costs us about $25,000 a month to operate all four ministries. And Grace and Mercy staff seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. I want to use a template from an old MasterCard commercial. Utility bill, $2,250 a month. Insurance, $550 a month. A life given to Christ, priceless. And if what we're doing together and doing helps secure someone's future in heaven, how do we put a price on that? So we come together as a community. And I'm going to shift gears with you now. We're going to come together as a community of believers, and we demonstrate that through the Lord's Supper. And if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're invited to partake of communion at this time as we prepare for that. You can get your little cup out and get ready. And i got some scripture I want to read to you as we shift gears here. And from Mark 14, to 24 is, while they were eating, Jesus took the bread and he had given thanks. He broke it and he gave it to the disciples saying, take it, this is my body. So at this time, if you would, open your container and take the wafer and partake. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Would you drink from the cup together now as a community? Would you pray with me, please? Father, we thank you that we can come together as a community of believers and share around the table and what you set up and said, do this in remembrance of me, that we get to come together and commune with you, Lord. We think about the cross and the salvation that that brought to us. We look at hope with an empty tomb, knowing that we too will rise again. May we remember you and what you did for us, that you pursue us, you call us, and we all are the least of these oftentimes in you. And we're just so grateful, Lord. We thank you again. We want to praise you. We want to celebrate you as we celebrate this Lord's Supper. And I pray this in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Once again, I praise God for how he's been working in community care and through Christian people like you that are supporting us. And thank you. Please continue to do helping the least of these. Take Christ into the community and make Wells County a better place to live, work, and play. We have trifolds out in the back at the ministry place that you can pick up if you'd like to know more information about us. Also, we have our little banks, house banks out there. You can set them on your kitchen table, throw your change in them. You can bring them to the Connecting Center. You can bring them to Grace and Mercy. You can bring them back to church here. And uh, it's one way to give and to get the family involved with it. If you'd like to see Susan or Chris or myself afterwards, please feel free to do that. Matthew 22, 37 through 40 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second's like that, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. May we all take these two commandments to heart moment by moment. After all, we're all living in transitional housing. Eternity in heaven's yet to come for us. I'm inviting Chris Walker to come up and pray for us. And when she gets done, then Steve will come up and do the missions. Send off. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for your support. We're truly grateful. Thank you, Kelly. Um, I've got a beautiful family I wanted to bring up. This is restoration happening in your city. Um, this is Samantha and her children. And this is little Jace. This is little Sophia and then little Sydney. So not so little. I know, Sydney, you're grown up. But God has done a beautiful work. And you know what? I want to give hope to a family maybe that is out there that has loved ones that are struggling. And you just feel hopeless maybe as a parent or as a, a sibling or as, you know, a grandparent that you just think that they're too far gone and that there isn't a hope. I want to tell you, there's one name, and his name is Jesus, and there is hope. And there is nothing above the name of Jesus. And this family is just living what God has already designed for them, um, but living that hope and that dream and a future really is bright for this family. So I just want to give you hope that there is Jesus. So... So we're going to pray. Father God, I just thank you for today. I thank you for a body of believers that can get together and we can be as one unit, Father. Just believers under this sun, Father. We just thank you for what you've done. It's a privilege to serve you. It's a privilege, Father God, to know your word. Father, may we stand on your word. May it be something that just gives life to our body. Father God, gives life to our family. May us speak your words, Father. Not words of defeat. Not words that we've heard over generations, over our families. May we sp speak your life-giving words over um, our family and our loved ones. Father, I pray if there's anyone out there hurting, if you're struggling in addiction, if you're struggling and you don't have a place to go to, if you're hurting, um, maybe you're in a domestic abuse situation or just abuse or you're lonely or frustrated or don't know where to go, 
Jesus is your answer. Turn to him. And we just thank you, God, that, that we have you and that we can turn to you for every day. So, Father God, we just declare that today is a new day, a new beginning for families. Declare in your, in your heart that, Father, that today is going to be a new beginning for you. Reach out to someone, Father God. Let them have people in their lives that they can reach out to. I just pray a covering over the mothers' uh, minds and grandparents' minds that that have these loved ones. Put a covering over them. They're hurting. They're frustrated. Father God, you are the God that understands trials. You pulled us through. Father, you said it is finished. Jesus on the cross. You did it. You gave us everything that we needed to live this life. So we just say and declare it is finished and today is a good day. In Jesus name. Amen.